Right, all right. Hey, let's give it up for Jesus one time in this house. Can we give him our best for just a second? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Man, we are excited to be here today. And man, you guys look fantastic. I just want you to know that. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you look thinner than you did yesterday. Yeah, there you go. See, some of y'all hadn't felt that good in a while. You know what I mean? Look back at him and say, thanks. I've been working really hard. You know what I'm saying? I told everybody else, my summer body's just not going to be here this year. We're going to catch it next time around, okay? So... Listen, we're excited to be here in Summer at TC series, and so uh, we just want to jump straight into what we've got for you today. How many guys have ever felt, I'm going to use the term apathetic. Anybody ever felt like a lack of concern for where you were, where you were going? Anyone ever felt just blah before, right? So I grew up with this girl, and she was a phenomenal uh, athlete, and she played soccer, and uh, she was incredible. As a matter of fact, in her high school games, there were players from Team USA coming to her high school games to see her play because they were invested about they were invested and wanted to see if she could cut it, how good she was. They were actually talking about bringing her onto the USA team at a young age. That's how good she was, y'all. Like, I don't know if we know anyone that's that good at anything. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Except for pizza. You put a pizza in front of me, like, I'll record time that bad boy, okay? So, me and you. I don't know who that was, but me and you. No, so, but it was, it was awesome watching her play growing up and stuff like that. And, and she gets to her junior year of high school, right? Junior year of high school, she decides she doesn't want to play soccer anymore. I was like, What? Like scholarships lined up, everything was golden. She just didn't want to play anymore. She had lost the desire to keep playing. And you know what? She had become what I think some of us become sometimes. And she had become jaded to greatness. If you are surrounded by greatness too long or you experience, like you lose track of how good you really are at something or how good something really is to you, you kind of start to take it for granted a little bit. Anybody ever been there before where you were surrounded by somebody that was so good at something that you almost kind of took it for granted a little bit, right? That's how I feel about sushi. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's so good. Sometimes I just take it for granted, you know? I'm just kidding. But, but what happens is we kind of find ourselves in places where apathy sets in, right? Luke 21, 34 through 35 puts something like this, and I think it kind of hits home on where a lot of us end up, right? It says, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness. And this part right here is what I want you to see. And the anxieties of life. Anybody ever been consumed with the anxieties of life before? Has anybody ever been so mentally consumed by circumstances or situations that it kind of paralyzed you a little bit to anything else that could be good happening? Anybody ever been like completely taken back by your surroundings or whatever you were coming in contact with? Anybody ever had anxiety just completely cripple your mind, right? Because that's where sometimes we find ourselves at. He says, and that day will close in on you suddenly like a trap. And I don't know about you guys, but I find myself in those days where all of a sudden I, everything was going good. Man, I felt like everything at home was good. Everything in life was good. Honestly, everything in my faith was good. Like I was going to church. Things are popping. Things are going well. I'm invested. I'm in small groups. I'm on the dream team. Things are going really good. And then all of a sudden, one day, what happens? Something pops off in your life and things get buck wild. Can I get an amen on that? 
for the older crowd, that means things went a little crazy, okay? So, but how many of y'all know that it doesn't matter how good things are going right now, you're only one situation away from some things getting a little worse, right? And what happens is sometimes we can become consumed by the things of this world to the extent that, I don't know about you guys, I'm just talking about me, and hopefully this is home with some of you guys, that I can even become apathetic with how good God is. I can even lose track of how good God is. Let's, I want to explain this word apathy to you because we're going to use it quite a bit today. The def- definition of apathy is a lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. And how many of us on this journey have found ourselves in a place where we lacked the necessary interest? And, and, and I'll even put it to you this way. How many of us have found ourselves in situations where we knew we were good with God, but we didn't care enough about the people around us to make sure they were good with God? Maybe there's someone in your family that they really need to be pushed or encouraged in the right direction. And I don't mean pushed like some of y'all be pushing your family, okay? So stay away from the chicken. I'm first. I'm talking about like... Sometimes our family, our community, maybe someone in our neighborhood, maybe our neighbor, maybe someone at work needs to be encouraged. They need to be introduced to the hope that can only be found in Jesus. But sometimes, if we're honest, we kind of just experience a lack of interest and concern with our faith. Sometimes our faith and then sometimes how much we give away our faith. But that leads us to another word. I don't want to give to you because when we fall into apathy, what really is happening is we've become complacent. And complacency sets in to our lives. And so what happens is we found ourselves just kind of complacent, and it's a feeling of smug or uncritical satisfaction with oneself or one's achievements. Have you guys ever found yourself in a place where you were just kind of complacent? Can I get an aim? Anybody? Anybody? Four of us. The rest of y'all just on fire all the time. Y'all just excited for no reason. Y'all better have been the high five and people in the world when y'all walked in, right? How, how many of you know sometimes you do become a little complacent with where you are, where you're going, what life has dealt you, just whatever. We find ourselves in those moments. And when we come in contact with those moments, I think we need to wake up from apathy. Turn to your neighbor and say, wake up. Now, if you was really sleeping, you go ahead and backhand it. No, I'm just kidding. One thing I said when we moved from DeSoto over here, I sat in these seats today because last week I was playing drums. I didn't even get to sit. I sat in the seat before first service. I said, oh, bro, this is fantastic. We're going to have to preach real good and make sure y'all don't fall asleep. So this time I want you to look to the person you just neglected on the other side of you and tell them to wake up. But sometimes we need to wake up from apathy. We need to wake up from not caring. Sometimes life gets difficult. Sometimes life gets hard. And if we're not careful, here's what happens. We fall too in love with the world around us that we lose track of the goodness of God. And when we fall in love with everything around us, but none of it's anything we can take with us, we lose our connection to God, who is the only thing that will be with us forever. And apathy can set into our life, and we end up kind of not caring So how do we do it? What are the ways that we can wake up from apathy? How do we overcome apathy? That's what I want to talk to you about today, right? The first way is that you got to have a rush of hope. A rush of hope. Turn to your neighbor and say hope. 
I know I said this last week, but man, I believe that as believers, I believe that as Christians, that we should be hope dealers. Make sure you write that down correctly if you're writing that down, okay? I don't want to be, don't at me, all right? But we should, we should become hope everywhere we come in contact with. If we have Jesus on the inside of us, we should be introducing hope into their situations, If Jesus is alive inside of us, if he's living and breathing inside, if he's forcing us and leading us into a new life, we should be introducing hope into every situation we come in contact with. How many of y'all know downer people just sad and mad all the time? Sister Sandpaper rubbing everybody the wrong way. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Just how many, how many just avoid them at all costs? Here, I'm going to give you permission right now. You can blame it on me. The next time people call you and they just want to complain about something all the time, just complaining, 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 I just want you to hang up on them. Just tell them, Pastor Brad said, I can't talk to you no more. I don't know why you would have a flip phone, but, um, <laughs> but y'all, like, I just, just hang up on them. Not, hey, listen, Pastor Brad told me, I, because I, like, here's the question I got, that you got to ask yourself. If, all, if every time somebody wants to complain, they call you, why do they call you? Because you're the one that'll listen. Here's the thing. I don't have any time to give any of my joy away to help get into somebody else's sulking sadness. I don't know about you, but the world does a good enough job pulling me down. I don't need other people helping it. Situations come my way enough. I don't need to find more. I need to find myself in a position where I'm constantly being encouraged and lifted up. I need to be in a constant state of hope-filled situations. Matter of fact, I think we should find ourselves in a constant state of a hope-filled haze. Anybody, have you, anybody ever suffered from a little bit of anxiety before? It's okay, just raise your hand. Where You didn't know how things were going to pan out. You remember that stress that kind of surrounds you at all times during those moments? You know how you're kind of in a constant state of, of tension in your life when you're having that kind of feeling? I think we should be that way, but with hope instead of anxiety. As believers, I think we should walk around. A con- people should be annoyed by how much joy and hope we got. When I'm at work and people are having a hard time, we should just be declaring that the hope that is found in Jesus can overcome every situation they're going to come in contact with. Every time a coworker is having a down day, you should be the one introducing how, listen, I know it's bad right now, but if there's anyone that could ever get you through it, it's Jesus. And I'm not talking about the cheesy, the cheesy Christian t-shirt Jesus. I'm talking about the hope-giving, joy-delivering Jesus that can lift you out of any circumstance and take you to the highest place you've ever been in your life. We as believers should walk around with that kind of hope, man. We should be delivering that kind of hope to people. So we should be real hope dealers. Philemon 1, 4 through 7, there's a situation where Paul is talking to him. He says, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayer because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. So this is Paul talking to Philemon. So he's saying, I'm, I'm thankful for you. He says, I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. This is where it gets good right here, y'all. He says this, your love has given me great, say that word with me, joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Can I ask you a question? Have you refreshed anyone's heart lately? Let me ask you this question. Are you surrounded by anyone that refreshes yours? I find that sometimes people lose track of what they, what they, 
need to be doing because they don't have anyone doing it for them. A lot of times what we find ourselves doing is being everything for everybody, but realize we don't have anybody being anything for us. And if that's the case, sometimes we just need to change our friend circle, y'all. Desmond Tutu says this, hope is being able to see that there is light despite all of the darkness. You see, hope dealers can look into any dark situation and find hope in the middle of it. I believe Jesus' followers should be able to look into any situation and find how God can come through in the midst of it rather than looking for how he's not going to come through. As believers, are we carrying hope into every situation? I think we should be. And I'm pretty sure the Bible points us to that, that, man, we should be carrying hope. Secondly, is that there should be a rush of joy. A rush of joy. Turn to your neighbor and say joy. You see, there should be, I've, as believers, we should walk around with joy just exuding out of us. Joy should, I, I, listen, I'm going to laugh. I'm going to have a good time. I don't know about you guys. If you're around me, don't bring that salty, sulky, whatever. I ain't nothing worse than salty Christians. What you so mad about? I believe as believers, we should be bringing joy into every situation. If we're together, we're going to laugh. It might be at somebody's expense, but we are going to laugh. That's why I like going to the bowling small group. Y'all, I can't bowl for nothing. I don't even try to put them shoes on. But I'm going to make fun of everybody else that's terrible at it. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Because there's .0001% of the population that actually is good at bowling. I haven't pulled those statistics. I just think that's a thing. But y'all know what I'm talking But listen, no matter where I'm at, I'm going to have a good time. We're going to laugh. Again, the world does a good enough job pulling us down. Can we have some people that's ready to pull us up? And so I think that joy should be coming from everywhere. But more important than anything else, joy should be coming from who Jesus is in our life. Romans 5, 6 through 8 says this. It says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still, say this word with me, powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, it didn't say he died for the righteous. It didn't say he died for the people that had it all together. It said he died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might dare to die or possibly dare to die. But this is my favorite part in verse 8, y'all. He says this, But God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While you were still in your brokenness, while I was still on my worst day, Jesus died for us. Let me go ahead and tell you this. If you're new here, I want to help you out. If you got some mess you are dealing with, you are in the right place because you're surrounded with some people that are still dealing with some mess. Anybody do, Anybody jacked up still? Got Jesus working on the inside? Okay. Listen, you are surrounded by some people that still cuss in the drive-thru. I'm going to let you know right now. You're surrounded by some people that are still dealing with some issues from their ex-boyfriend or girlfriend right now. We don't even want to talk about it. See how that got serious right then? So, oh, not, not today, Satan. Mm-mm. You're surrounded by some people that still got some anger issues. You're surrounded by some people that still got some bitterness. You're surrounded by some people that still got some brokenness. 
You're surrounded by some people that don't have it all together. So can I go ahead and tell you something? You're in a safe place to work out what you're going through. But here's what I'll tell you, that Jesus is the greatest joy you could ever have in your life. He's the only unchanging thing you could ever have in your life. And he's the only person that it doesn't matter your situation. It doesn't matter your circumstance. It doesn't matter what you're going through. That he can reign supreme over all of those things because he's good and he's God. And so let me tell you today, if you're in this place and you don't know him, uh, by the end of the service, you'll have an opportunity to know him. But I want to encourage you and help you understand that if you are a believer, but joy isn't constantly radiating out of your spirit, then you need to change your apathy setting because no believer should be having a lack of concern whether or not joy comes out of them. We should be carrying joy everywhere we go. We should be changing our environments. You should walk into work and get on people's nerves. God, here comes Judy. Stinking Judy, always smiling. You want to know why? It ain't because we don't go through problems. It's because we got someone bigger than our problems. And so that's who we should be as believers, right? Second John 1.12 actually says it like this. I have much to write to you, but I don't want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk face to face so that our, say that word with me, joy may be complete. You want to know where joy is the most complete in your life? In circles of friends that help enhance it. You, when you're surrounded by friends and people that enhance and build up your joy, it naturally increases. See, I, I know you guys are with me that the world does a good enough job bringing it down. So we had better be intentional about surrounding ourselves with people that build it up. See, the thing is, is sometimes we become everything for everybody. Therefore, we don't have anybody putting joy back in us. And what happens is when we walk around like an empty cup, there's a whole lot of us left to spill out when we get bumped. You see, we should be a, a full cup. Think about a full cup of water. And if the water represents the joy of Jesus, when you get bumped, what happens? That water spills out. But if it ain't got enough water in it, and when there's not water, that means there's not enough Jesus in us. That means there's more of us. What happens when you get bumped? There's a whole lot of me coming out. How many of y'all know it ain't good when I come out? Come on, somebody. Like, how many <laughs> Anger ain't good when it's Brad's anger. That ain't righteous anger, okay? So... Unless they run out of Krispy Kremes on the belt, all right? So that's, that's righteous anger right there. Or that daggum McFlurry machine. It's summertime, y'all. Sorry, tangent. So anyways. <laughs> but what happens is we should be surrounding ourselves with good circles. And, and at TC, one of the best ways to see that happen is actually through small groups. And, and in small groups, what's beautiful about small groups is that as we step into relationships with people, but people who want to give us more joy, they want to give us more hope. They want to put those things back into us. When we get into those circles, we actually become better believers, not better in the eyes of God, but better in the execution for God. And so we step into being able to have joy. We step into having hope. And we surround ourselves with people that either they give it to us on our low day, but sometimes they have a low day and we got to give it back to them. 
You're going through a situation. You get a doctor's note. You need somebody that's going to speak joy and hope back into your life. You get a bad report at your job. They're going to lay you off and other people. Guess what? Somebody's got to carry joy and hope in that situation. Your kids are going buck wild or someone else's kids. You got to restore joy and hope back into that situation. When the world seems chaotic, somebody, hear me today, has got to restore joy and hope. And if you can be the hope dealer, if you can be the joy speaker, if you can be that person, Person, but I'm here to tell you, how many of you know some days you don't feel like it? Some days you need to be encouraged. And if you're the only person in all your friend circles that's constantly bringing joy and hope, then you got to get at least one friend circle where they're giving it back to you. And that's why small groups are so important. Matter of fact, our man Anthony who's not a big communicator, all right? He's not going to get up on the stage and, and preach a sermon unless the Holy Spirit really moves, okay? He just ain't that dude. But he took a faith step a few semesters ago, and he actually started a small group. And so we actually want to hear a story right now and see exactly what happened through his story. Go ahead and roll it, guys. kind of a spur of the moment thing and um, I'm glad I did because it's been a lot of fun I mean I've got to to meet new people you know fellowship get out of my comfort zone and talk which is one thing I don't like doing I, I plan for whoever I mean it, it's bowling it's fun it's all ages anybody can do it uh, it's a lot of energy it's a lot of good times um, talking bowling um, but no I mean it, it's been a pretty pretty small group which is nice because it gives you more opportunity to talk to each other and be who you are with those people. You know, shy, like myself, you know, fun and outgoing, uh, like some of the, the ladies that show up. Uh, Whitney's one of them that joined the group, but I had no clue who she was. It, it varies, each week somebody new comes in. So I've met quite a few people that I didn't know who they were from the small group. Yeah, so Ben was a project. Um, <laughs> And, and really, the small group helped Ben to realize that religion's not this mold, you know what I'm saying? That people can be themselves, they can be free, they can be outgoing, they can have fun. You know, this isn't some strict cult, your t-shirt's the wrong color, not tucked in and your hair's cut wrong. I mean, it allowed him to see that we can be real. And because of that, that's how he started going to the small group and seeing there was more than just me. You know, this Christianity thing is actually pretty cool and that you get to have fun doing it, you know. And then past that was, you know, then he started meeting other people, getting involved into the church. He's joined the Dream Team and now he's, he's flourishing. There's no greater joy I've ever had than knowing I've helped somebody with their path finding the Lord. Take a chance. I mean... Uh, coming from the shyest guy in the church who doesn't like talking, doesn't like getting out, doesn't like doing anything outgoing. Uh, there's nothing like it. I mean, it helps you to, to meet new people, it helps you get out of your comfort zone, and it helps you just relax and be you uh, amongst people just like you. Let's give it one time for Anthony, guys. We appreciate him. 
like I said, I like going to that group not because I like bowling, just because I got to make everybody laugh, making fun of somebody. So, but no, I I love the relationships that come out of TC. I love my small groups. Man, matter of fact, myself and a few of uh, a few of the couples here at TC, we all went to dinner last night and just hearing people's stories, where they come from, joking around, talking about. Different times we got shot at and stuff. I don't know why it went there, actually. But anyway, that's not important. What was cool is, is being in, in an environment where you're not the only one that has to lift everybody up. You ever been there before? How bloody like this? I don't know about you guys, but I found myself very frustrated at times in my life. Because I felt like I pick up the phone for everybody, but it's really hard to find someone to pick it up for me. And maybe you've never been there, but I believe some of you have. And I'm here to tell you that good relationships are necessary because it helps restore joy, helps restore hope, and it helps with the last one. We'll give you this. Because if you're going to overcome apathy, you're going to need a rush of faith. A rush of faith. It's overwhelming sense of how good God is sometimes when you don't see it. You see, Faith defined in the Bible is the substance of things hoped for with the evidence of things that haven't been seen yet. And sometimes you've got to be in an environment where, man, somebody else can help build your faith. Things that look impossible, they can tell you that they are possible. Things that look dark, they can find the hope and the light that's inside of it. You see, Jesus is on your side. And I'm here to tell you today this. Maybe you've been through situations and circumstances very similar to what I have. And maybe this is your first time here. You don't know our story. And you sit there and you look around and you think everybody around you's got it together. I just want everyone right now to look around and just laugh because that's a joke, ain't it? Just You want to know why? Everybody don't have it together here. Myself included. I'm not out living some life of sin constantly. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about life falls on everybody situations that you can't control sometimes it happens but here's what i know is that jesus is greater than anything you come in contact with and your faith in him had better be built up on something beyond just a church experience jesus wants to know you he wants to carry you he wants to be there for you and i'm here to tell you he's invested in you he's invested in your story he's invested in who you are and more importantly he's invested in who he's destined you to become something greater than who you are now something with higher heights wider wits someone that's been deeper into who he is everything that god has for you he wants you to become and he hadn't forgot about you he hasn't forsaken you he hasn't left you and i know circumstances may make you feel that way sometimes but i'm here to tell you that Jesus loves you and he's invested in your story and the separation from where you are to where he is that gap gets closed by one thing and one thing only and that is faith it's hope and it's joy you see our apathy feeling indifferent towards God having a lack of concern for who he is I'm here to tell you today that Jesus is not apathetic about you he never loses concern in your story. Matter of fact, he is invested in your story. Romans 5, 1 and 2 says this. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ 
Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And so I'm here to tell you today that you need a rush of hope to overcome apathy and feeling indifferent. You need a rush of joy. You need to celebrate in times of celebration. You need to declare the good news of Jesus in times where you can declare it because all those declarations and all those celebrations will increase your hope. It will increase your joy. But I'm here to tell you today that nothing happens without faith in a Jesus who loves you. He loves you so much that he died for you. You see, for you and for me, we were lost in our sin. The Bible says that we were dead in our trespasses, which means that the sin in our life, we were dead in it. And I don't know about you, but I got enough of them back there. I don't need to go looking. There's enough things in my past that it's pretty evident that I was far from God. But going back to Romans 5, while I was still a sinner, Jesus died for me. So he didn't look for you on your best day to determine whether or not you were worth dying for. He saw you and I on our worst day and decided that person was worth dying for. And so I'm gonna tell you today that you need a rush of faith in your life and who Jesus is and how invested he is in your story. And today, I don't know where you're at, what I can tell you is that you don't want to be far from God. Maybe you're angry with him. Maybe situations and circumstances in your life have made you feel like he forgot about you or he didn't do what you thought he should have done or whatever the case may be. I'm here to tell you he has not forgotten about you. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. As a matter of fact, he has carried you. And the reason you are where you are today is because God hasn't let you down. He hasn't forgotten about you, but he's bringing you from glory into a new place of glory, into a new place of rest. And if you'll lean into him instead of away from him, if you'll fall into his arms instead of away from his arms. He will carry and make you everything he has destined and purposed you to be. But all of that will only ever be found in the arms of Jesus who loves you so much that he would never let you down. And so the beauty of the gospel is that in the midst of our sin that separated us from God, Jesus saw it fit to endure the cross and when he went to the cross, he died there. And as he gave his life, he gave his life so that you and I would have a pathway back to God when sin tore that bridge apart. And today you don't have to be perfect on your own because you couldn't be, neither could I. You don't have to be perfect or sinless on your own because neither one of us ever could be. But you can lean on a perfect Jesus who made the pathway for you. You can lean and trust and put your faith in Jesus who made it possible for you to be able to access God again. And today, if you're far from him, don't leave this place still far from him. Don't think it's because you're disqualified because Jesus died to make the disqualified qualified. And today, he wants to bring you close. And so if you're in this room today, we're gonna go ahead and pray. But if you're in this room today, I'm here to tell you Jesus loves you. And for all of those that have received grace and mercy 
and you know how good Jesus is, can we get our, put our hands together one time and give it up for Jesus in this house? Let's bow our heads and pray today, guys. I want to start by praying for all of us that maybe at different times in life, maybe we've experienced what I would call justified apathy. We have a lack of concern, a lack of interest. And quite frankly, our situations in life have made that a justifiable feeling. You found yourself just down and out sometimes. I'm here to tell you today that Jesus is ready to lift your head high. All the hope, all the joy is found in your faith in Jesus, the ruler of this world and this universe. And so today, Father, I pray for all of us. God, where maybe we become complacent in our faith. Maybe apathy sets in and we just become sort of indifferent. God, I pray that you would shake us up. I pray that you would show us how good you are. I pray that you would help us see, Father, that you haven't forgotten about us. You haven't forsaken us, but you are so good to us. And so, Lord, we look to you to be our everything. So, God, where joy is lacking, restore joy. Where hope may be lacking, restore hope. So much hope that we can now give hope away. And Father, where your faith may be lacking, I pray you restore faith in the hearts of those people that so desperately need you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed and your eyes closed today, maybe you're not close to God. Maybe you don't know him today. Or maybe you know enough about him to know that your life with him is not, just not right. You're not in a good place. Again, the good news of the gospel is that Jesus paid the price for our sins to give us access back to the Father who is God in heaven. And today, if you want to know him today, if you want a new start in him today, if you want to experience a new beginning, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says that the old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. And today, if you're ready for a new start, a new beginning in Jesus, right where you're at, I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. Neither will anyone else. But today you want a fresh start. You want a new beginning with a God that loves you. The Bible says we repent of our sins, not to go back. Repent isn't confession. Repentance is turning away. So we turn away from those sins, but then the Bible says we put our faith in Jesus, that when he died on the cross, he paid for our sins. And if that's you today, right now, you want Jesus to give you a brand new start. Would you raise your hand right now and say, that's me, Pastor. I want a fresh start. I want a new beginning. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Once you put your hand up, you can put it down. Like I said, we're not here to embarrass you. We just want to introduce you to Jesus. Is there anyone else? That's me, Pastor. I'm ready for a new start. God bless you. Awesome, awesome. Maybe you're watching us online right now and you say, that's me, Pastor. I, I need a new beginning. I need a new start. I, I need the gospel to give me a new life in Jesus. And if that's you, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray a prayer together. Now, this prayer doesn't make you saved. What this prayer does is confesses with your mouth what you're believing in your heart. This puts words to the actions that's happening on the inside that says, I'm gonna give my life to Jesus today and I wanna follow him with everything that I've got. I need grace and I need mercy and I need my sins to be washed away. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna pray this prayer together. The whole place is gonna pray it with you. So whether you're in this room, whether you're watching online, but you need to be forgiven. You need a fresh start. 
we're all going to pray it together. So you're not praying by yourself. So church, let's pray with our brothers and sisters. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross. And I believe that you rose three days later. Through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I give you my life. I want to follow you forever. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that perhaps for the first time. Awesome, awesome, awesome.